Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I can guarantee that um, our guest was probably not overly enamored with our drive through HR music selection, but that's <laughs> quite all right. It's Tuesday at noon, and it's uh, June 25th, and this is uh, drive through HR. I am your host, Robin Schooling. My co-host, Mike Vandervoort, is uh, on the road this week, so he will uh, not be joining us today. So you get me talking to, interestingly enough, someone I talk to every day, seemingly all day long, um, and that is our guest this week, right, Caleb Fullhart. Hello, Caleb. Hello, hello. I was actually jamming up the music. It's, it's, it's not my normal playlist, but I'll tell you what, you know, it's not the, the drunken Irish music I listen to every morning, but it, it's, uh, I was jamming out to it. Yeah, it's you know it's catchy in its own its own little way, and uh, it kicks us off every week. So nice. we are glad. I say we. I'm speaking for Mike in absentia, um, but we're really glad to have you here this week. And um, thank you for for joining us. And um, I'm going to kick it off with the question that, uh, you know, this is an HR show after all. So it's kind of like that yep. kickoff question to an interview, and that is to yep. have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell our audience uh, who you are. Sure, sure. Uh, so Caleb Fullhart, uh, CEO uh, and a systems lead at uh, Strio Consulting. Um, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in the HR talent acquisition world since, Pre two thousand, we'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. And uh, the last uh, ten years have been uh, in more of the uh, HR tech side of the uh, of the business. Um, I work primarily leading uh, systems implementation teams, uh, configuration teams, and and post go live uh, support. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, just yeah. in the, you know, in the spirit of full disclosure and transparency, yeah. um, I work with you at Strio Consulting. So, um, so you know, You're the boss. I, I've, right. <laughs> the HR lady is always the boss, right? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, when we, we were looking at the schedule for this week, and this is our week of the month when we. Um, yep. Well, we talk about tech and we talk about cool tools yeah. and, you know, one of the ongoing questions that that HR practitioners ask all the time, we see the discussions, we see the conversations in Facebook groups and at conferences and at events. One of the continuing questions is around 
not just HR technology, but also implementation of systems. So sure. as, as we yep. dive into that today, um, you know, I think you're going to be able to give give our listeners some really, really good and useful tips. But, um, you know, before we dive into actually talking about implementation and when we, yeah. you know, when we're at that point, um, what are some key areas before the contract is signed? I've chosen I've chosen yeah. a, a solution and I'm 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 yep. ready. What do I need yeah. to do as the customer first? Sure, sure. So you know, if you're at the point of signing, um, you know, a lot of as I say the most nego- you will have the most negotiation power in your entire contract before you actually, you know, you, you sign it. So um Mm-hmm. You know, and and you have even more negotiation power if it's the last three weeks of the quarter. Um, <laughs> so if you're close to that, wait two more weeks. Um, and every vendor now hates me. Um, you know, the I guess the the big thing is, um, you know, a lot of the things that we run into on projects is, um, you know, clients will have they want to do an integration. Um, they want it to connect to their HCM. We do a lot of work with Workday. Um, and, you know, it, what will happen is, is they think, they'll ask the question, hey, can, does this integrate with, you know, whatever HCM tool you use? And they'll say, yep, it, it does. But then you find out that it costs you another $10,000 to get the feed. Mm. It, it, make sure you're checking, you know, go beyond asking the question, does it integrate? Go beyond saying, you know, what does it take to integrate? Um and if they're saying, oh, it's going to be, you know, oh, five thousand dollars for this feed, or ten thousand dollars for this feed, and you need to use professional services, negotiate that stuff. They, they, they yeah. if they've done a lot of them, they'll typically throw that cost in, um, especially if it will get you, you know, to ink the page, if you will. I think that's right. a, a big piece. Um, you know, one of the questions that doesn't get asked a lot. They'll ask, does it integrate? But not, what does it take to integrate? And uh, yeah. if you can yeah. get them, to, the more work you can, you can get them to do um, to help you along, uh, the smoother process it will be, and, and less <laughs> less uh, surprises. Yeah. Well, and you know, pick a vendor, um, and go, yeah. especially large enterprise vendors, go look at their website, um, and and go to their partner page, and everybody's everybody's partner. Um, yeah which like you said is saying oh yeah we work with them and we can integrate yep. but yeah what does that take to do that right you can work with everybody it's just how much does it yeah. cost at the end of the day <laughs> how how prevalent is it now and bear in mind i'm asking this um as a tech lover but not by any means an expert um how prevalent is it where vendors have the kind of that open, you know, that open API, the key, the ability yeah. for somebody to go in and, and do their own integration? Yeah, I, I think more and more vendors are, are going that way just because, it, you know, it, it's getting the evolution, I would say, of, the, of HR tech is getting to be more of a how do we, because how do we all work together? Um, mm-hmm. It's less. Don't touch my cheese. Outside of, uh, you know, a few vendors that are getting more. Don't touch my cheese. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you look at the different tools out there, there's there's a lot of niches um, that 
are being addressed now, which is which is nice. But it's you know how do they how do they work together? So I think they're they're going mm-hmm. more of that open source API and like hey here's our tech specs, you know let's figure out a way how to get them to work together, right? It, it was never yeah. just a it's evolved from the oh here's our ATS and that's the only thing that needs to be connected to an HCM. It's now it's yeah. you have an ATS that's connected to an HCM that's connected to a talent brand engagement. It's connected to video interviewing. It's connected to uh, you know talent pools. What when all of those different areas yep. have tools being brought up in there, and and really you know the end client needs to have you know the consumer of it you know these companies. They need it all to work together. You don't want to have, mm-hmm. you know, someone in, in talent acquisition or someone in HR have to log into four different systems to figure out what they're supposed to be doing or get the information that yeah. they need. Um, yeah. So I think that that, I, I think it's it's heading that way more so. Yeah. And I think you know just from conversations that I have with, you know, other HR folks, um, certainly some of the. Um, you know, conversations with um, with clients that you have, you know, as people are looking, as HR teams are looking for solutions, it's um, it's end to end, and it's yep. it's making things seamless, um, yep. and and you know that's the big that's the big thing that that's the time saver, yep. that's the consistency, that's the the flow of information, but. You know, it's also the flow. The flow of the. I'm gonna sound like an HR lady here and use a use a soft <laughs> term, but it's the it's the feel for that end user, so that it's seamless yep. when they're a candidate, um, yep. to when they're an applicant, to when they're being onboarded, to when they're working in house. Everything. Yeah, and you have the, the you know you have two sides of that equation when you're looking at you know the different HR systems. You have the you know the, cons- the the you have the internal side of it, like your recruiters yeah. and your HR business partners and generalists, like all of the HR roles that you have, are using this system for a function of their job, as well as you have the candidates and employees are using it as a function of their employment or or their their right. road to employment. So it, yeah. it, it's the Keeping those two consumer groups in mind, I think, is important mm-hmm. when you're you're doing, especially when you're setting up your configuration. You don't want to make it easy for your candidate and hard for your recruiter, and you don't want to make it easy right. for your recruiter and hard for your candidate. <laughs> right. Like you, you have to keep be very um, holistic in your approach to your configuration and, and the tools that you're choosing because um, negating one is going to have an impact. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll kind of um, we'll touch a little bit on, on on user experience and user adoption, um, kind of as we go through this this flow um, today. But so we've 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 signed a contract, and we're ready to begin implementation of whatever system it is. My ATS, it's my HCM, whatever. Um, how do we begin? What what, what do we um, start? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think the one of the uh, I'll start with one of the the things that we run into when we get pulled into a post go live um, scenario where things aren't working the way that they intended it. 
is mm-hmm. when you're starting, when you're doing your, your, your kickoff and your implementation, you're going to have uh, an implementation partner working with you that's probably going to be doing the heavy lifting of the, the, um, uh, of the configuration. And they're going to ask you, yeah. how do you want this to work? You know, how do you, it's the business process review, right? It's, yeah. There's a tendency to say, well, we're changing systems. Maybe we should look at all of our business processes and change those too. And, and mm-hmm. to, well, while it's true to a point, where it can get messy is if the business pro- – you have to test all this, right? So, And I'll use, I'll use Workday as an example because we get a lot of, again, like that post-go-live fix um, with them and, and integration work. It, it's, if you change your business processes, the people that are testing your configuration – aren't going to know, aren't going to be as acutely in tune to if it's working properly or not because they're learning a new business process and learning mm-hmm. a new system. Mm-hmm. So if you be mindful of that, I'm not saying it's not a to-do, it's just a give pause probably. Yeah. Um, think through that really. Like, okay, do do we want to change everything now or do we want to change it how it is and then once we've adopted the system, adjust the business process to how it flows. I mean, it's you want to have a, a healthy yeah. balance, I think, of, of both because really, you know, implementation, the critical stage is, is testing and making sure it's done the way that you want. Um, yeah. And I would say in, engage your, you know, key players, uh, you know, the people that know the business and how it runs right now in those conversations. They don't need to be a part of every uh, aspect of the configuration decision making, but the people that know the business and how it runs are are a great resource in those meetings. Yeah, well, you, you know, you you talked about the you know the implementation um, partner or consultant, you know, kind of that 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 lead person perhaps on the project when we. Think about putting together an implementation team. You know, maybe I'm putting in a new <coughs> HCM and payroll system. Whatever, again, whatever it may be. Who should be on that team? What what, what does that team look like? Who needs to be sitting at the table? Yeah. yeah um, you know, it's it, again, it's it's everybody that's in in um, that's going to have their hands on it. Um, yeah, I, I think are, are you know you don't want to have a table of thirty people talking about how do we want to do uh, a job requisition approval or how do we want you know what do we want the, the candidate uh, process to look like you know what steps and statuses do they um, the um, you know, do we want them to fall through um, that just becomes you know death by committee but having yeah. key I guess I would say key stakeholders in each position. Um, and another thing I think that's important when you're having those conversations is even if the discussion topic is, let's say, the, you know, the recruiting process, like what's the flow that it's going to go through, it's mm-hmm. still good to have the other, uh, having a representative of the other areas there because more often than not, they're going to say, yeah, but that doesn't work that way for us or that's hard for us to manage if you do it that way, right? Like yeah. payroll being one of them, you know, just saying, hey, we're going to do offer letters this way. And um, payroll chimes in, you know, you'd have recruiting talking about talent acquisition, talking about 
offer letters and payrolls like, yeah, but that's so hard for us. <laughs> Can we, you mm-hmm. know, that's where mm-hmm. the changes I think come in is from that conversation of all the key stakeholders. And again, you mm-hmm. don't need 30 people sitting at your table, but you know, people that are well-versed in the business and, and have a stake in it. Yeah. I, you know, and I think one of the ways to sort of, um, get those things up to the surface it's almost like pre-implementation you know that's kind of an internal conversation where okay maybe we've 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 signed the agreement we know we're going to be implementing abc system so let's let's gather all these stakeholders together and talk through it again not necessarily with an eye towards like you said changing those business processes but start to get a sense of what what each area does and what touches each area so that when that implementation truly kicks off, everybody's kind of had those insights already. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a healthy conversation. Uh, You know, the ones that the implementations that we've done and, you know, uh, the, the company is sizable. They take about a week and you lock everybody in a boardroom and you talk through it. And, and it's, Everybody's like by Wednesday they hate it and they're bored with you and <laughs> you know they want out but you know it's it's a healthy conversation and you'll end up with a better product at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it's taking the time to do the work at the front end instead of trying to fix it at the back end. Yep, the more time you invest you know. in that that front the the, the front conversations, yeah. the better off your implementation is going to be. Testing will go yeah. smoother. Um, it, you know, you'll have a better product, um, which is, and, and the reason you'll have a better product is that you're going to have better notes and direction for the people doing the configuration, mm-hmm. which will also save you a ton of money when you get to testing and you say something doesn't work the way we thought it would. Yeah. What What about, um, you know, the term we hear a lot is, you know, clean up your data or, you know, have clean data. Yeah. Um, yep. What, you know, I guess what's dirty data maybe is the better way to understand <laughs> what clean data is. What, what is that? What is that? What's the importance of that? You know, it, it's um, <laughs> dirty data is, is what banks have. <laughs> the the back end <laughs> side of banks, I should say. It's, you know, because banks buy banks who buy banks who buy banks, right? So like there's that, that mergers and acquisitions all the time happening with banks. You know, little banks get scooped up by bigger banks in the area. Yeah. Regional banks get picked up. They they all they all have their legacy data and legacy systems, and it's you know one. And this is, and I, I want to say this is an example to give you kind of an idea of what dirty data looks like when you're rolling into a system. Is one. Um, you pull in, let's say, a, a, a spreadsheet that has all your data on there, right? And you start looking down on that, and you see column A is supposed to be first name, and, you know, 75% of them are their first name, and 25% are actually their last name and their first name transposed. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it's it's the data is accurate, it's just not in the right spot. And, and I, I think, you know, we call it data shift, right? So data shift is probably yeah. the biggest issue in dealing with an implementation and loads. So hmm. instead of keying in all the data, most systems will have a process in which you can load your current data 
Um, right. If your current data has data shifts in their files, it's it's dirty data. It's yeah. It's, depending on how dirty it is, it can either be unusable, um, or just it, it's just going to wreak havoc on your on your system down the road. And, and I'll give you an example of how it can wreak havoc is if you let's say you're doing uh, your company. You went live on your system, and you're doing uh, an acquisition, and you you do the load of, of all their data, and then you go to run payroll, mm-hmm. <laughs> and payroll doesn't work <laughs> because mm-hmm. you you don't have the right. It doesn't know. It, it doesn't know that it's supposed to be, uh, you know, your your routing number and your account number are transposed. Um, right. And so you know it, it wreaks havoc. Um, and also, I think it's important from a clean data perspective is is we talk a lot about system of record. Which one is our system mm-hmm. of record? Um, and, and that one is the one where if there are any changes to the data, need to be done there and let it trickle downstream. You don't want to mm-hmm. log into your HCM and change, you know, your federal withholdings there and log into your payroll system and change payment elections there. Um, because right. any time that you have like a, a, a sync up, you're going to only sync one system to the other. It's not like a, hey, let's compare. Um, right. Because you have to say, this is the system we believe that's accurate. Update the other system. And if the other system mm-hmm. is the one that pieces and parts of information have been updated on, it messes up everything. Yeah. And, and it's, so that's, that's why it becomes critical. Yeah. And 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 that's really then where, uh, you know, as you as you mentioned already, you start getting into it's the validation piece, but also more of the yeah. testing. Um, yep. So talking talking in HCM, you know, uh, you sure. know, not not even necessarily bells okay. and whistles, straight on sure. HR and payroll and you know benefits. Yeah. Um, what From sort of testing? Yeah. yeah, what should what needs to occur? Everything. <laughs> <That's what laughs> <it sucks> <laughs> so really, you know, you you want to, um, without touching every single person in your system, you you want to have some broad tests that are going to test your functionality and processes, right? You want to hire somebody, you want to fire somebody, you want to change their benefits. Um, mm-hmm. You definitely want to do payroll tests um, extensively. Um, you know that's one where you're going to actually touch everybody because let's be yeah. honest, if you don't get pay right, that ten- generally tends to uh, agitate your employees, among other things. Yeah, a little um, bit. So pay- you know, payroll is important. Um, you know, testing the the data feeds, your integrations, making sure that those output yeah. files are looking proper. Um, you know, it, it, it's you want you have two types of testing. I, I, should, I should a couple types, not just two. But you're going to have kind of your functional testing where you're making sure that the business processes are working properly and and everything's going where it needs to go and the approvals are happening the way that mm-hmm. they need to. Then you're going to have user acceptance testing, and that's where you want the people that do the job on a day-to-day basis in the system doing their job as they do on a day-to-day basis because that is going to do a couple of things. It's going to tell you, is the system working the way that they expected it to? And it mm-hmm. teaches them how they're going to be working in that system. It's, it's, it's almost like a, it's a mini, mini training 
Uh, yeah. And it's also a chance for them to get excited. Like if they see this cool new, oh, hey, I used to, it used to take me eight hours to run payroll, and now it only takes me two. Oh, my gosh, this yeah. is awesome. I love it. They run back to their desk. They tell everybody this new system is awesome. Um, but it also allows you, if they hate it, <laughs> to address it before mm-hmm. they run back to their desk and say, oh, my gosh, this system sucks. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the user, I've always pushed for, you know, more user acceptance testing, um, you know, do as much as reasonable because it, it, it does build those champions. And it really, yeah. it, it, the people that are going to do the job day in and day out need to touch it before you go live with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think that that's, um, you know, like you mentioned before, there's really, there's really two audiences that, that y- you need to adopt usage of this new system. Yeah. So those internal folks, <coughs> HR, payroll staff, managers, if you have a really robust, you know, manager self-service yeah. type of thing. Um, and, and I think getting employees excited about it is also um, – and, and, and getting them to be the champions and the ambassadors helps as well. And I, I can remember on a couple of occasions at, some, at, at two different organizations where we were doing an implementation, um, and these weren't large. This was not a large enterprise, you know, a couple hundred employees. Yeah. But um, making the switch from um, – a pretty rudimentary sort of workflows and kind of old school processes to, wow, all of a sudden here's, you know, employee self-service, you know, cranked up to a thousand and yeah. that and the other thing in the system. And <clears throat> to the rank and file employee, a little scary. Um, some people were excited yeah. about it. And so what we did in HR was as we were, configuring stuff and playing and testing and whatnot, um, we would bring folks into the office, employees into the office, and just let them take a look at it. Um, yep. You know, they weren't looking at, you know, data or anything, but, hey, <laughs> look, this is what this screen looks like, and, <clears throat> you know, tried to kind of one-off, get people excited about it. Um, yeah. And, and and that helped us really ultimately with that adoption. Um so how you know? I guess the question is, how how far ahead um, should one plan for that user adoption? And you know, what are some quick tips you've got on on making that part of it successful? Yeah, I would say you need to start building your user adoption plan the moment your business process review uh, concludes. Mm. Start, start mm-hmm. um, communicate. You know, it it, it really. User adoption is a, is is change management, right? You know, it's, yeah. you need to communicate early and often. Um, you need to have communications at different milestones. Um, just you know, you you want to build the excitement and you want to keep them engaged. That you know, there's pain in change. Um, there, there's pain in, in doing something different than they've always done it. Uh, you know, it's like I always logged into this system. Now I have to log into this one. This is dumb. You know, you have that's I don't remember my password. This is dumb. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Why do I have to do that? You know, everything is this is dumb, right? <laughs> it's you know, you walk down the hall and that's what you hear. This is dumb. Um, or I hate this. It, you have the other ones that embrace change and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. It's completely different. You know, there's there's that. Yeah. But a lot of yep. it is people that have been used to or accustomed to a system for a period of time and you put a new one in 
they are the ones that, um, you know, it, it's their first response is this is broken. And, and it's because it, they say it's broken because it doesn't work the way that their old system did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And that's, that's what you want to be. That's kind of the, the, you want to bring them along in, in the, in the journey of your implementation, um, you know, get, sending them, Hey, guess what? We just configured payroll and had our first successful test. This is awesome. Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming, you know, June 21st or whenever their, their goal live is getting those, you start at the beginning, you start thinking about it, you start planning it at the beginning because you're going to have these different um, milestones you're going to want to be communicating with on them so that, yeah. that they're prepared for the go live. They're prepared yeah. to log into a new system on day one. They're, they're prepared to put their time in a different way. Um, and, again, communicate early and often is, is probably the biggest yeah. thing. Well, and I, you know, one thing I found too is um, also be prepared to have have the have the resources available. Um, it, it, it's almost like a, you know, an HR help desk. Make sure you've got the HR yep. help desk available. Yeah. You know, don't rely yep. on because it's not necessarily your IT department that's going to be. Yep navigating issues with people it's somebody in hr it's an hr user kind of issue so make sure that those resources stay in place to kind of help the users get through it so well we are um yeah we're um we're wrapping up here oh sorry we're it goes fast and furious doesn't it i guess it, it boom, yeah. we're we're done. So yeah. we've got about thirty yeah. seconds. So All right. thank you, Caleb Fullhart, for joining us. You are talking welcome. about HR tech implementation. Tell our listeners how they can find you. Um yeah, I guess I'm on I'm on LinkedIn, Caleb Fullhart, F U L L H A R T. I think I'm the only one in the world, so I'm easy to find. Uh or you can shoot me an email at Caleb C A L E B at Streoconsulting.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. Catch you next week on Drive Through HR. Bye, everyone. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.